0: Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and I got to tell you, I'm really excited today. Um, we're talking with someone I've wanted to have on the show for a long time. She's finally agreed to come on and uh, we're going to be talking about an important issue. Uh, today, I'm talking with Allison DePauly of DePauly Professional Service, excuse me, DePauly Prof Services, as she corrected me a minute ago. Um, and... Uh, she really helps uh, employers, business owners, break apart their current health plan and figure out how to make it work for them. Um, and and really, unlike anyone you've ever dealt with around healthcare, she's got a very unique way of looking at a health plan and re-engineering it uh, to eliminate anything that's unnecessary, eliminate all the waste, and free up dollars so you can actually afford to provide a great health benefit, make you more competitive in the employment market, and uh, and do it and still be able to pay that bill. So, Allison, really excited that you're here. I'm so glad we finally got to talk about this. This is a huge issue for business owners. So, thank you for being here.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here today.
0: So, set the stage for us. I mean, we've had so much change in healthcare over the last... Gosh, in the last just five years, uh, last ten years for sure. For everybody that that hasn't heard of you before, give them some background. How'd you get to this point, and um, and what makes you so passionate about trying to solve this particular problem for people?
1: So I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Father, grandfather, uncles, cousins—we've all owned businesses of some variety: some small, some larger, mid-sized kinds of businesses. And one thing that we all did pretty instinctively was take care of our employees. We inherently understood, as most employers do, that if you take good care of your employees, your employees will take good care of your customers. And part of that was benefits, health insurance. And in our different iterations of businesses, we paid 100% of of the insurance cost for employees, their dependents, and that's changed over time. And that's caused some issues. And there was something to a, an employee feeling valued and being more valuable in the business. You know, you have employees because you need them. You need them to run your business. So make an effort to make them as healthy and productive as possible. What's happened in the last 10 years is that insurance costs have gotten completely out of control. The typical response to that for a small or a mid-sized employer is to sometimes absorb the cost and sometimes pass the cost on to an employee and that pass on may be in the form of premium and it may be in the form of a higher out-of-pocket nine times out of the ten if the employer absorbs the cost there is no raise So you've got a whole host of issues here, right? Like there's not one simple thing. There's a whole host of things coming here. And I would argue that the sort of backbreaking of the American middle class is not wage stagnation so much as it is health insurance cost increase. You can pretty well correlate how health insurance premiums have increased and wages have stagnated. So if you can get that under control, if you can make your health insurance spend a repeatable expense, predictable and repeatable, then you can get on with growing your business. You need to recruit and retain the best talent that you can. You need to manage your forecasting as best you can. And you need to do the right thing for your employee. So if you can do that with your health spend, you can open a new division, hire another group of employees, start a new product line, whatever it is that you want to do with your business and not deal with this. Because really, most employers don't want to deal with this.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I, I fall into that camp. Um, it, you know, I, I can remember when we had lots of employees in my first business. And this is long before things got really complicated as they have that, you know, i Just give me a headache even thinking about it. So uh, I know I know it's a big issue for folks. Before we dive into the details of that, though, I mean this is a relatively new business that you're in that you've created to to deal with this. You've been in 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 this industry for a long time, but I know you know we've known each other for a few years, and I know you recognize that there was this better way of doing things, and and uh, and I, I applaud you for kind of taking the brave step forward to to make it real. But I know that that doesn't come without its own challenges. So what are some of the things that you've had to do over the last few years to really push through and, and make this a reality?
1: So I'm sure that I should say that I thought long a hard about it, and I did, and I should diagram the whole thing out and create a complete plan. But the reality is I'm a kind of leap before I look kind of girl so i took a look at what was happening and i took a look at my clients and i've always been very fortunate i've i've really had lovely clients that i you know almost 100% enjoyed working with and were really you know great business owners and great hr staff and and just really lovely organizations and i was looking at what was happening and i'm thinking what is going on here i, I could have done this 20 years ago a little bit better and started researching more and more things that were possible and realized that I could be better. So I just did. And I'm not sure that's for everybody, but that worked for me. And you know, it takes, I have to think about it every once in a while and I've pretty much blown up my existing business model. And I think we've all done that on occasion. Um, and you just kind of have to decide you want to do something and move forward. And, you know, the reality is I'm ungovernable. So there really wasn't anybody who was going to stop me.
0: I love that. <laughs> I think there are a lot of people listening right now who own businesses who can relate to that last statement. Yeah. Um, I've never heard it expressed like that, but I love that I'm ungovernable. Um, you know, I often say I'm unemployable, but I think you just took it to another level. <laughs> uh, but I think there's a lot of truth in that. And, uh, you know, we all often know by gut when it's time that, that, you know, we step up and make a radical change, but it's not easy. No, it's you not know? easy. Uh, I really that,
1: did blow up an existing business. So, you know, it, there, there was no safety net there.
0: Yeah, I remember um, as you were contemplating that, mm-hmm. some of the, the challenges of making that decision, it's scary. Um, You know, but I also know that you really believed in this new solution that you found for this problem.
1: So some of the things that I do were previously available only to quite large employers. And the insurance industry in general has been slow to modernize and to embrace uh, a more digital way of life. And you know some of that is HIPAA and high tech, there's compliance issues, there's signature requirements. It's it's a slower move, right? But I think now you're going to start to see more change and more ability for mid and smaller mid-sized and smaller companies to do things that savvy, not all but savvy larger employers have been doing for some time. And now that Amazon's entered the space, you know all bets are off.
0: That's right. It'll health insurance will show up with, and maybe they'll bring with a drone a doctor right to (laughs) your house, drop them on your doorstep. Yeah, (laughs) that'd be awesome. Well, you know, you're you're kind of on the vanguard of this change. I am, Um, and um, I know that that's probably been met with some resistance by some of the the partners that you've had to work with in the past.
1: Yes. if I, I, I hear a lot, but what about the network? And you know what my head says is, who cares? You got to have more than one conversation. You have to migrate people from one way of thinking to another. And you know, I know you know that that takes a little bit of time sometimes. So people have to hear it a number of times. And, and really, you have to show them how. And, you know, there are some areas that are easier to navigate than others. You know, everybody's mad at the pharmacy industry. I don't know anybody who isn't mad at the pharmacy industry. So that's sometimes a simpler conversation to have and an easier place to start. Um, Insurance companies are not getting a whole lot more respect than the pharmacy industry. Sometimes that's earned. Sometimes it's not. Um, You know, insurance companies, insurance is contract law. It's, It's not you know, a benevolent issue, it's contract law. So make sure your contracts are right.
0: So it, it sounds like you've, you've kind of taken on these, these big issues that have created probably a lot of uncertainty as you've started up this new business model. And it, it almost sounds to me like you've, you've gone after the areas that are probably the most painful first for yes. people and kind of worked knowing that that was going to be maybe the easier route to go if there is an easy route Um, and you've kind of approached it that way eating the elephant is that accurate
1: I think you have to approach it that way I, I think to come in and say okay so first off nobody likes to be told that they're doing something wrong okay so that's the first thing and and the reality is that it's not so much that that employers are doing something wrong as it is that the right thing has evolved. So to come in and look at what is going on and identify where the biggest problem is, because, you know, I've talked about a couple of hot button things, but you could have a completely separate issue and identify where the best place is to start and help them create a plan. You know, nobody does three to five year benefit planning anymore. We can do that. You can put people on a path where they're starting out here and they're moving along the journey to control and predictability. And it may be something as simple as making a small adjustment to your existing fully insured plan and then the next year taking the next step and the next year taking the next step. It may be that simple or it may be a more pressing financial issue and it moves a little bit quicker. I think explaining all the pros and the cons and making sure that people understand, employers understand where the noise is going to come from, makes it simpler to manage.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about this approach and we're talking about it specifically as you've applied it, but everything you just described can be used by anybody that's listening who, if they're going after, and a lot of people are right now, New changing segments of their market, mm-hmm. where you're having to deal with dramatic change, which is happening all around us, and uh, and you're having to communicate that. You're having to simplify it for people so that they can act on it. And a lot of times, you're having to move them out of some old habitual behaviors. You yep. know, in your case, you're dealing with a lot of risk. I mean, if you come to me as an employer, and I've got you know hundreds or thousands of employees, or even dozens of employees, and we're now going to mess with their healthcare. Not only do I look at that as a, a risky move, you know, because it's people's sure. health, but I know every, every one of my employees is going to look at that as a risky move. So you've got all of, this is not a, a simple issue, but I love the way that you've approached it. And I think that for me, that's the lesson here for everybody in the way that you've approached it. Now, I, I want us to, to, go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: So I I think one of the things that people forget is that employees are stakeholders too. Mm -hmm. And employees are often left to the last part of the conversation. And I I don't think it's, it's necessarily the right place for them to be in the decision making of what the strategy is. But the more you communicate it, the better it is. And I think the thing that employers forget, they forget two things. 80% of the working population has less than $1,000 to cover an unexpected expense, never mind a medical expense. So the consequence to your health plan is that somebody doesn't go to the doctor or they're afraid to go to the doctor when their symptom is relatively small because they don't have $1,000 or they run their budget so tightly that even a $30 medication is something that they won't take or they'll share it with a family member. And the consequence to your plan is... $40,000 emergency room bill okay so that's one thing that that employers don't hear enough it is in their own best interest to make sure employees get care and the other thing is employees have budgets too if you tell them how to get the most out of every dollar the majority the vast majority will do it but you have to explain it a couple of times
0: yeah I'm sure Well, let's take a quick break. We're going to be back with more from Allison and and we're going to dive into some of the specific things that she does with her clients to really dig in and, and help them get the most from their health plan. We'll be right back. to review the podcast thanks so much now back to the interview all right we're back i'm talking with allison DePauli, and allison um let's get into the nuts and bolts of of this healthcare challenge um so if um you know if i'm one of your clients and you know let's say i've got i don't know a couple dozen employees and uh and and you're working with me what are some of the things that we begin to look at differently about you know looking at maybe a sort of typical health plan that somebody might have? What questions do we ask?
1: So I want to understand what's happening in your health plan now. Now, depending on who your insurance company is and the number of employees you have, that is sometimes a little simpler than others. Um, For most states, and insurance is still reasonably regulated by the states, you know, there are some things that are federally regulated, but There's a fair amount of state regulation that is different per state. But if you've got more than 100 lives, you should have access to your large claims and your pharmacy reporting. So I'm going to want to see that. That will tell us where you are now. And I'm going to want to look at that back for as far as I can. Normally, I get one year, but if I can have two or three, it's better. You know, more, more data is a little bit better. You can do a little bit more trending and forecasting that way. So I'm gonna to wanna to look at the data. If I don't have that, there are some other ways to get it. Um, we can do some you know, health questionnaires and, and things like that and and understand where we are now. Then depending on where we are now, we're gonna look at where the first place is to control your cost and we're gonna look for those in ways that employees don't necessarily see. All right, so we all love Amazon Prime, right? we love how stuff just shows up at our door. There's a lot of logistics that go into that that we never see and we don't care about. Same with your health plan. Okay, so there's a lot of back-end administration that can happen to help you drive people to the right place to get care. So once we figure out what's going on and we see where the low-hanging fruit is, we're gonna, do, we're gonna pull that out first. And we're gonna do that as invisibly as we possibly can. And then we're going to move along the cost control journey until you are in complete control. And there are lots of tools to do that. You know, I mean, but tools are just tools, right? So sometimes you need a hammer and sometimes you need a screwdriver. That's what's in the wall. So you need to ID what's in the wall. And that's how we start. Typically, pharmacy is an easy place to start. And I'm sure that most employers have heard that many times. Um, I am most interested in looking at contracts. So I'm going to know, I'm going to want to know what's going on with your employees. And then I'm going to want to see your health insurance contract, your pharmacy contract, your pharmacy, your contract for any other vendor that you have. I've reviewed enough contracts now where 99.9 times out of a hundred, the vendors are responsible to each other. They are not responsible to the employer paying the bill and I had a health insurance company tell me the other day that their network discounts were proprietary and would not be released to the employer even though it was a self-funded plan and the employer was footing the bill. Now, you and I may laugh at that. I just laughed at her and said, okay, um, I have another way to get data, but um, that is a fiduciary responsibility to the employer. So if the employee is contributing to the health plan, and an employee decides that the employer is not using their funds in an appropriate manner, they can call the DOL, and the DOL is going to come say, hi, show us your contracts. Just like what happened with 401k plans. So it's already starting. Nobody's gone to jail yet, but it's starting. It's a big problem for employers.
0: Well, I would imagine not too far behind that will be, attorneys, and I got lots of friends and, and some family members who are attorneys, so if you're an attorney and listening to this, don't take this personally, but there's a business opportunity here for attorneys, and, um, and, and there will be firms that will look at that, I, and I know that because on the 401k side, you've already seen folks go after employees to take, them to, to take their employer to task for damages
1: health and welfare plans are governed by the same rules as 401k plans with regard to employee contributions. So it's coming.
0: Yeah. So this is not something, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is because I think for everybody that's listening, that does have employees and they've got these level, you know, this level of benefit, this isn't just something that you're providing any longer out of your own benevolence or because you're at a certain size and the government's forcing you to Um, it's, you're, you're now playing the big boy game. I mean, there's reliability here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's tremendous cost. And that's the one thing we most of the time we focus on. But there are many things you've got to be aware of and, and be looking at with this. So, Absolutely. Um, so as, as you begin to dive into this data and you find some opportunities to um, maybe improve things um, from a high level view, how, how do you fix this?
1: So there's a couple of things. Employee communication is paramount and there are some great tools now to communicate with employees that the employer doesn't necessarily need to execute. So you can communicate with employees and make sure they're getting what they need. I, what they need. I am a huge fan of 24 hour advocacy and I am a huge fan of care management, not medical management, All health insurance plans have medical management. And I've reviewed contracts where the plan documents stated that X, Y, and Z procedures were going to be sent to centers of excellence and never enforced. Okay, now when you go to a center of excellence, there's two things that happen. One, you generally get the highest quality of care, which is the most paramount thing. But the the second benefit of that is centers of excellence are usually in the bottom 25% of cost. How is that You're laughing at me
0: <laughs> I am sitting here thinking, you mean the best is the cheapest, when does that ever happen?
1: Well, here, think of it this way. so if you do a lot of something, you know how to you know how to do it, right? You know where all the little things that can catch people up are, right? So you do it efficiently. you want to make sure that you have all your tools and you have a process for everything, right and you know how to price for it because you do a lot of it. And you're efficient, so you it's, it may take you an hour to do something, whereas somebody, a doctor or a provider or whomever who doesn't do it very much may take two or three or five hours, and they don't know all the nitty gritties, and you end up with some higher side effect rates. So let me tell you a, a funny story that my care manager told me the other day. She was pre um a procedure for an employee, and she called the employee back and said, you know, the facility that you've chosen is great, but this physician, you know, he's a great doctor, but he's got a 20, 26% complication and readmission rate. There are two other providers at this facility. One has a 1% re- readmission and one has a 2% readmission. Would you consider going to either one of those? And the response from the patient was, well, sure, but I chose the head of the department because I thought he was the best guy. <laughs> so you gotta look right can you do that yourself I can't do that myself care management true quality care management will get your employee to the best place with the best provider that will lower your cost 30 50 sometimes 70 percent and the best way to make that work is to incent your employee to do that
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. In fact, sitting here thinking we've gone through something with a family member here recently, just to illustrate this point. And um, I don't have a tremendous amount of confidence with the physicians that she's seen, and it's not that they aren't good people or good doctors. I don't think that they've seen this particular thing much, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going fishing Mm -hmm. and when they go fishing, when doctors go fishing, they send you for all these tests. And because they don't know, they haven't seen it before. And again, it's not that they're incompetent. It's not that they're not good. They're just outside their wheelhouse. Exactly. And, um, and so, you know, the, I can now, it's perfectly clear to me now, like costs mount up because they're going to do all of these other things because they don't quite know what they're looking for. Whereas somebody who has dealt with this over and over and over again will be able to look at it, diagnose it more efficiently, prescribe the right tests and Absolutely. get to the bottom of it more quickly. So this, yeah, it makes complete sense.
1: But who has the resources to do that, right? No, how would,
0: how would and you would how know? would you know? I, and, yeah, in fact, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I mean, and, and exactly to your point. So this family member saw what is believed to be sort of the best doctor of that caliber, but it's also the doctor that is is really high up in the hospital hierarchy mm-hmm. for that particular thing, right? huh so, you know, of course, without the data, which is what I, I love what you just shared, is is that there is a way to get the data. So how do we get care management built into what we're doing? How do we how do we include that and then incent our employees? How does all that work?
1: So We take a lot of people on the journey from either a fully insured or a self-insured health plan with a health insurance company. And let me explain a little bit about that. So if you're fully insured, you pay your bill to your insurance company and they manage all the pieces of it and you really don't have any idea what is going on there, right? You just pay your bill for whatever it is, and you know what your premium is, and you know what your deductible and your copayments are, and you know what your network is. You may get some reporting. You may not, depending on how, you know, which company you're with. The reality is that a health insurance company does two things. They have a contract with the network, and they administer your claims. Everything else, they farm out. Okay, When you have, I I work with employers who say, well, I'm self-insured, but they're self-insured with one of the large insurance companies. Really, the only cost containment strategy you have used when you're self-insured with a large company is you pay them the fixed administrative costs and you pay your claims. You're managing your cash flow. You're not guiding who, who gets, you're not Making sure that people get the best quality care, and you're you have no control over any contract. Okay, and I've reviewed a contract not too long ago where the pharmacy benefit manager, which is you know your your drugs, um, your prescriptions, uh, they were responsible to give the rebates. They were obligated to give the rebates to the insurance company, not to the employer. And the, the, the response from the insurance company was, well, we credit that back. Well, how do you even know what it is? So that's, that's the first mm-hmm. thing. So we move people from this kind of opaque system over here into a TPA that is, has fiduciary responsibility to the employer and only works with fiduciary partners. So the pharmacy benefit manager is fiduciary. Their responsibility is to the employer If you have care management, they are responsible to the employer. If you're using any other kind of cost containment tool, and that could be um, RBP, it could be direct contracting, it could be futures contracting, it could be reverse auctions, it could be any of those things, but all of those providers have fiduciary obligation to do the best thing for the employer and the employee, not the TPA, not any other company not the broker, the employer and the employee. And that's where you can dig in and find solutions and creative ways to make things work. And direct contracts are great for hospitals. You know, everybody piles on the hospitals too. The hospitals are in a rough spot, right? They've got insurance companies on this side and people on this other side, and there's a pretty big chasm there.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, And I would imagine with the direct contracts, they get a lot more control over individual relationships they have. So if an employer yeah. is going directly to them, they can look specifically at, at what the charges are going to be and probably do better than what they're going to do with they the can. insurance companies.
1: Because there, Then there's a couple reasons for that. So they know how much it costs them to do, let's pick on knee replacements, just because it's an easy one to pick on. There are a lot of them. So In my area, a knee replacement, there are some facilities that will do a direct contract for a knee replacement for $36,000. What it actually costs is all over the map. It may be 42, it may be 55, it may be 49, it may be 68, it may be 72, it may be 90, depending on where you are and what's happening. It should cost $36,000. So when when a hospital contracts directly There's no bill, so there's no administrative overhead. Well, there is a bill. We did this. Here you go. There is payment terms arranged up front, so they're generally paid in five to seven days. They don't have to get any money from the employee who probably doesn't have it anyway, so all of that headache has been removed, and they know how many they're going to get on an annual basis. It's wonderful for an employee for a hospital's budget and to keep the physicians busy. You know, physicians want to do what what they went to school to do. They don't want to fight with people.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's the way they make money too. I mean, it. it Absolutely. It, yeah. This all, it's funny. Anytime you pull the curtain back on something that, that is sort of so shrouded in, in fog, mm-hmm. that, you know, in mystery, it all becomes really clear how it can work. But for a long time, at least in the United States, there has been this fog around the whole process. Absolutely. Um, and I don't think the changes that we've been through over the last five or 10 years have helped that in, in much of any way. And you may have a different opinion. But. No,
1: I, well, so I have a personal opinion and I have a business opinion. So yeah. I think that people should have access to care. That, that's Allison's opinion. As, as a business owner, there are some constraints on that, right? Like, everybody has constraints, so we need to figure out the best way to do that. But just allowing this runaway cost, you know, I had a conversation with a, a vendor not too long ago, and, and there was some conversation about the, what the price was and, and if there was a discount available, and then he just made an offhand comment about, well, you know, we'll just offer this discount and we'll raise the price. What do you think is happening in our system today? So a a discount, a discount of what, you know, so a discount off, exactly. So if, if it should cost a hundred dollars, but you, uh, the charge master says it's 500 and you get a 50% discount, you're still overpaying. Right. So get at what something should actually cost. And there's more and more tools available to do that as we go.
0: Well, this is one area that has been more or less immune from the forces of the market. Yes. And and the argument has been that, well, you know, there needs to be access to care. And I think it's very hard for any caring human being to deny that there needs to be access to care. Correct. Right? Th- that isn't just... the issue. Right. The issue is we have this system that that has, has none of the operating principles of the rest of of our society absolutely know? and and worse we don't have any transparency into it mm-hmm. which means we don't really know what's happening there all we know is that the the bill keeps going up and up and up and to a point that it becomes unsustainable to give everybody access because the price keeps going up and we don't know why
1: it already is unsustainable
0: yeah so um I I'm I'm really glad we've we've had this conversation. So what have we left out? What if if there was anything that you wanted to get across to someone listening right now that we haven't covered, what would it be?
1: The most important thing for an employer to do is get data. I don't care what size you are. Get data. If that means you do some surveying, some confidential surveying of your employees to understand what's happening with your advisor, do that. Get your data, understand where you are. And then there's this old expression that says that sunshine is the best disinfectant. So talk with your advisor about what you can do to to understand more effectively what is going on in your health plan and how it works. If you're not getting an answer that you like, go find somebody else. I don't mean to be unduly harsh there, but there are people, I am not the only person in the United States doing this. There are other people who understand that this is not sustainable and can help you get to the point where it is sustainable for you. So do those two things. Um, We've created a landing page for you. So DePauly Prof Services, Unstoppable CEO. And um, there's an ebook on there. It's called Instant EBITDA. Um, we've been pretty successful with pulling 10, 20, 30% out of a health spend first year. Um, so that money goes right to your bottom line. So instant EBITDA, five steps to gain control over your health care spend. Um It's a quick read. It'll give you an idea of where you should be looking and what questions you should be asking. There's a video on there that explains some things in more detail. And then I'm happy to talk to anybody for a few minutes. There's a a link to my schedule on there. If I I can help provide some direction or some some support, I'm happy to do that.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. That's really generous. Um, It's depauliprofservices.com. Slash Unstoppable CEO and Tapolli is spelled D E P A O L I. Um, if that was all too much for you, or if you're driving, that's okay. It's uh, it's going to be on our website. There'll be a link to it, um, and you'll be able to find it there with this episode. So um, uh, so definitely uh, go go check out that resource. If you've got a business where you're providing healthcare, um, go go get the ebook and go read it. Um, I think it will be Eye-opening for you. Um, And so highly recommend that you do that. Alison, thanks for investing some time with me today. This has been great, long overdue, and and I think really needed for for everybody that's listening. So I appreciate your time.
1: I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash
0: iTunes.